Welcome back to Devotional Thoughts with Pastor Dave Rogers here in the Y Millbank Podcast Studio in Millbank, South Dakota. Um, since the last time we met, <laughs> we well, first off, welcome back into the show. Thank you, Craig. <laughs> it's good to be back. I was talking to a lady yesterday on the phone and talking about this new venture we've started here, and I, I think that it's, um, I think that it's a needed product in our time right now. So. I'm glad that you're willing and able. <laughs> well, I'm happy to, and I hope that I can encourage someone along the way. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> uh, it is Christmas Eve. Yes. I can't believe it. It's crazy. This year, I thought this year would never end. It hasn't yet, but it's close, right? And, yes, it's very close, and uh, I, too, look forward to 2020 coming <laughs> to a conclusion, uh, hoping for much better circumstances <laughs> in 2021. So, uh, be, being that it's Christmas Eve, uh, you thought it would make a lot of sense to explore why Christmas matters. <laughs> exactly. You well, know, it's a season of gift giving, and uh, you, uh, no doubt, <laughs> it had better be done by now, because if it's <laughs> right. not done, uh maybe a world of hurt tomorrow and <laughs> right. disappointment. But, uh, you know, we've spent uh, much of the time that we've had, uh, especially as we've been uh, quarantined or socially distanced, uh, doing shopping. Mm. Uh, maybe not the way we've done it before, uh, but uh, a lot of online shopping. And, of course, that is preceded, hopefully, by... Uh, some some preparation and thought <laughs> into uh, what the best gift would be that you can give your loved one. Mm. Um, I can remember as as a young man, uh, I would always wait till the last minute. I said that I loved the adrenaline rush of going out. Of panicking, uh, trying panic, to get the right gift buying. at the end. <laughs> yes, work best under pressure. <laughs> That's a terrible you know? idea. And, uh, you go into the store, you, well, that must be what she wanted because it's the only thing left. Uh, but uh, this year has been much different. And, of course, I've been trained over the last 40-plus years to not to fall to into not that, that trap again. I think that happened maybe once or twice. But. So do you, have you guys established like a protocol? Like, all right, here's how I'm going to give you the hint of what I want over the course of time. Or have you just been... My wife is tune enough. <laughs> my my wife is very good at giving subtle hints. Uh, now, is that said with sarcasm, or is that just no, true? Okay, no, good. No, okay. I, I'm I'm being uh, uh, sincere. I didn't know if throwing the magazine down in front of you with a circle on it is subtle. No, uh, she she will give me subtle hints, and uh, the the problem is uh, sometimes I'm not so quick on the uptake, and uh, so she needs to be less subtle. And so I have, I have just uh, advised her that, you know, just because you mention, isn't that nice, doesn't always mean that I connect the dots that that's on that's your nice. Christmas <laughs> right. list. Uh, I'm, I'm agreeing with you that that's really lovely. And so I have uh, to avoid <laughs> disaster. On, You're right. That is a great thing. On this day, I've, uh, uh, I've just asked her, make me a list. Mm. And so she will always uh, put together a list. Uh, of course, with with all of the apps that you have on your phone now, uh, I've been a little bit more diligent when she says, this is something nice, just to make myself a, a quick note. Uh, she likes mm -hmm. X, mm -hmm. you know, 
product at uh, this store and uh, then to uh, do some preparation to see if I can uh, acquire that for her. Uh, <laughs> but uh, certainly this year we've done a lot of online shopping and uh, preparation. And, you know, the sad reality, I, I think it probably speaks to our time, uh, that a lot of the gifts this year uh, are a matter of convenience. Uh, mm-hmm. A gift card. Mm-hmm. Let them decide what they want to get with it uh, rather than giving a gift that's going to become uh, someone's garage sale material or end up in a storage unit because we don't have room for it anymore. Is that a, is that just a sign of the times <clears throat> or has that, is, has that replaced? And, you know, cause thinking of a gift card, when, unless you give someone a gift card to the mall or online Amazon, which is the mall, mm-hmm. um, you are saying you have to choose this venue. You have to choose this store if you give a gift card. Whereas if you give someone cash, that is a free gift in theory because then it's that. So has has the gift card kind of been, oh, I thought about it. Oh, I knew you like stuff from that store. So I'll get you a gift card from that store. Instead of saying, I know you like things. Here's 20 bucks. I, I think that it has become the replacement for that. And and I think that it's also become a, a very easy way to uh, to give gifts. And, and some of the thought and preparation uh, of the season is lost uh, just by the ability to, to go down to the store and grab a handful of cards off of a kiosk and, and uh, pay for them. Is that bad? I mean, you know, thinking of, of human nature, is that a is that a detriment? I don't. I don't see it as a detriment. Um, you know, over the years as a pastor, uh, congregations, of course, love to uh, bless their pastor at, at Christmas time, and I have received uh, gifts. You know, gift certificates uh, to restaurants that I had no interest in ever going to. Uh, you know, you might try it out, and it's just an unpleasant experience. Or uh, you get a gift card to a store that uh, you're not going to mm-hmm. frequent. Uh, they don't carry merchandise that you want, and and you end up uh, with a, a balance on the gift card. And sadly, I've had gift cards and gift certificates expire mm-hmm. uh, because they they come with a, a time limitation on them, and. Uh, the end result is it just goes to waste. And so I think it's better to give them uh, a gift card to uh, a mall mm. or a gift card to Amazon or, or whatever. They can make their own selection. You know, the things that I think they may like might be way off base. You know, uh, nobody wants soap on a rope anymore. Is, so, is, no. is nothing better than the wrong gift? Clarify, please. <laughs> well, I mean, is getting nothing a better gift than getting the wrong thing? I think so. Yeah. I I really do. Because, um, again, you get gifts and you look at it and you think, what am I going to do with this? Mm-hmm. Uh, what about from the giving side? Is it better to give something than to give even if it's wrong? Boy, that's a tough question. <laughs> uh, because... The giving of something says that you did take the time mm-hmm. uh, out of your schedule to think of that person and to uh, to shop for them and to give something, even though it may be 
uh, something that is disappointing to them. So then, if it's a thought-out gift, it can never be the wrong gift from the receiver end, in theory. <laughs> or yeah, it shouldn't there's be. There's a huge <laughs> breakdown, though, right. between theory and reality. That's very true. <laughs> Uh, an awesome <laughs> huge breakdown <laughs> big the, uh, gap there right and I, I do think the saving grace in all of this is that god's gift wasn't wrong yes. from either end yes and that's that's the thing that we need to focus mm-hmm. on at christmas and and you know i'm not going to rail against the commercialism of the season because uh it it certainly is is part of our culture today uh and even in the the commercialism, we we are expressing love mm-hmm. uh, in the giving of gifts, whether it's a gift card or or whether it's you know uh, the white elephant that that is going to end up at the <laughs> office party next year. Right. Uh, it's still uh, it, it speaks of a time of preparation, reflection, and acquisition, and and I think mm-hmm. that's a good thing. Uh, but. When we come down to Christmas season, I, I hope that we can always keep foremost in our, our hearts and our minds what the season's really about. Uh, and it is a, a season of giving. Uh, as I was thinking about it and realizing that this was going to be uh, broadcast on Christmas Eve, I thought it would be appropriate to uh, talk a little bit about gifts, uh, and especially in relationship to the original uh, the the very first Christmas, uh, when the night that Christ was born, and so uh, I was I was reflecting on it, and an interesting thing, Craig, as I was reflecting on it, I have uh, done many. Well, I've done over uh, forty four Christmas Eve services. Oh man! Uh, in the years. And uh, doing those services, you always try to bring something fresh, a, a new thought. But uh, the subject is pretty focused, and looking at it from different points of views uh, is where you get the breadth mm-hmm. of uh, uh, expanding the subject a little bit. And one of the things I did over the years, uh, I, I looked at Christmas from the perspective of the various individuals who participated that first Christmas night, the night of Christ's birth, and uh, just looked at their lives. Uh, Some of them participated even before that first night, Uh, specifically I'm thinking of Joseph and Mary, uh, and even the the Magi. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, they they prepared themselves or participated a lot of... uh, a long time in advance of the actual birth event. And as we think about them and their participation, and we think of them and their lives as gifts, uh, it it gave me a fresh perspective. And it was a perspective I wanted to bring to the listener tonight or today uh, so that uh, they could uh, challenge themselves uh, in the giving of the season uh, and recognition of gifts that they have to present, most importantly, mm-hmm. not just to their children, to their moms, dads, <clears throat> aunts and uncles, friends and family members, but uh, most specifically that they can present to Christ. The, the first one who came to mind, of course, was Mary. And I, 
uh, I've got a whole series on this, and so I'm going to just summarize and not <laughs> not try to compress a month's worth of messages <laughs> in, into uh, a few moments here. Uh, but I think of Mary. I have always been fascinated with her involvement in the the story of the incarnation, mm-hmm. uh, the coming of Christ, uh, beginning with the Annunciation, and and there's a profound. A statement made by Mary in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. After the angel of the Lord appeared to her and, and told her that she had been chosen, uh, she had found favor with God, and, and that she was going to be the mother of the Messiah, the mother of the Christ child. And she questioned the angel on on how that could be, given the fact that she was a virgin. And uh, the angel explained to her that the the Holy Spirit was going to uh, to come upon her, was going to overshadow her, and that she was going to conceive uh, in her womb uh, miraculously the Christ Child, and uh, that he would reign on the throne of his father David. Uh, that he would reign forever and ever. There would be no end to his kingdom. And uh, as the the holy, or as the angel explained this to her, she had to make a decision, I believe. And her decision was to give herself as a gift to God, because she said, "Be it unto me mm-hmm. as you have said." Or in other words, she said, "Yes, here I am." Mm-hmm. I present myself to the Lord for his purposes and for his will. And she she didn't give consideration to what inconveniences this might bring to her, or uh, as we look back over the corridor of time, the pain that she would experience, uh, seeing her son rejected, uh, seeing her son humiliated, uh, brutalized, and ultimately crucified. Uh, but she she said, yes, I am available to participate mm-hmm. in God's redemptive plan. She didn't give consideration to her reputation. Uh, to be pregnant and to be unmarried in her time was punishable by death. <clears throat> that is a crazy thought to think about. For her to say, yep, what you know your word be fulfilled yes that is wild I mean, do you think she was so young that that wasn't even a thought or was this just a supernatural i mean she understood what was going on i believe that uh, there was there was a part of the customs of of the hebrew people uh, uh every every mother dreamed that she would be mother of messiah mm mm-hmm. Uh, they live for the fulfillment of the promise. And to have this angelic annunciation, uh, and, and let's just put it out there, it was a supernatural experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, to have this experience and to realize that she had been selected, I think that superseded any concerns that she may have had mm. Uh there may have been some youthful naivety there because, I mean, let's face it, we made decisions in our youth that we uh, we thought were, <laughs> that were awesome, were, 
<laughs> awesome. Right. Yeah. And we even thought God directed <laughs> right. them. Yeah. You know, uh, but uh, we didn't have the, the depth or the breadth of life experience to mm-hmm. understand some of the ramifications uh, of the decisions we were making. But she presented herself, her body, her reputation to to become the mother of Jesus. And and I I am always impacted very deeply by her response, be it unto me, mm-hmm. as you have said. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, if, if I could just be that way with the Lord instead of questioning, <laughs> right. you know, uh, are you sure? Mm-hmm. Or, or, seriously, there have been moments and times where I've wondered, do you know what you're doing? Because I don't see it. And mm-hmm. uh, she was able to get out of her way to be an instrument of the Lord uh, and in getting out of her way, she gave herself in worship, yeah. which I think is our ultimate gift uh, to the Lord. Mm. I think also of, of Joseph. And uh, uh, I, you know, when I, when I think of Mary, I'm just speculating because I, I'm a man. I don't have uh, a great deal of insight uh, into, uh, into a, a woman's point of view. Uh, and and I'm not trying to be stereotypical here of the mystery of of women or anything, but I, I see things from uh, from my point of view, and and there is gender influence mm-hmm. in the way that that I I look at the world and I see the world, and so when I think of Joseph, I think that his perspective is probably uh, similar to my perspective. Uh, Joseph presented his will in this this whole thing uh i've tried to imagine what joseph felt when mary came to him and said oh by the way yes oh by the way (laughs) i'm pregnant Mm. uh and and then she said and i'm pregnant by god uh how do how do you process that Uh, do you think it, it i mean would it have been easy to just say nope you're a loon it, it, I assume it would have been well, easy for him to do that. In, in fact, I think that he may have leaned that direction because Matthew's <laughs> gospel says that that he was a just man and he just wanted to uh, divorce her privately. Right. In other words, <laughs> I don't know what to do in this situation, but mm-hmm. this is so extraordinarily out of the realm of anything I understand. I'm just going to send her away and, yeah. and let let people who are better qualified than me pick up the pieces, sort through the debris <laughs> yeah. here, because I don't know what to do. And and so uh, he he was dealing, I think, with the embarrassment. Mm. How, how do you go to your family mm-hmm. and say, my, my engaged fiancé is pregnant? And, and oh, by the way, it, by the way, <laughs> right. it, it's not my child, um, and, and it's no other man's either. And yeah, it's no other man's. How how does that process? Mm-hmm. Uh, what about his reputation? Uh, you know, there are people uh, who uh, find themselves in in a similar situation in that there there have been acts of infidelity and and uh, the relationship is is cast into the spotlight of 
the critical eye of the community. Mm-hmm. And uh, they may protest, you know, well, it, it, it wasn't mine. And, and there are those with the raised eyebrow say, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you know. And uh, so not only did he have to deal with his own personal reputation, but the embarrassment uh, of the, the situation. Uh, the two had had partnered and had agreed, whether it was their family that agreed that they would uh, become married at, at a certain point in time. They were engaged. They mm-hmm. were, uh, the scripture says, she was the espoused wife. Uh, and they had s- simply not come together yet. And, and so his reputation is on the line now. Uh, not only was his reputation, but also his pride. Mm-hmm. And and I think of of the male ego, you know. Uh, yeah. Wow. And these were the things that Joseph had to wrestle with, but the Lord visited him in in a dream, and and said, "Listen, Mary's pregnant, but she's carrying the child of God, mm. and she's going to bear a son, and you're going to." Name that son Jesus because he's going to save his people from their sins. And God was very specific in the dream as to what Joseph was to do. And I I see such a beautiful response from him. He got out of his way Mm. just as Mary got out of her way to say, okay, I will be honored to take her as my wife, to be the father of the offspring that she is going to bear, and in so doing, partner with God's redemptive plan. Now, he didn't know that. We see that Mm -hmm. in hindsight. But he gave himself in worship, and he put aside everything that he could have allowed to stand in the way. And I, I look at Joseph, and I think, how often do we allow stuff to get in the way of our worship to the Lord? Uh, whether it's an offense, uh, a slight, uh, a major life catastrophe as we perceive it, whatever. Uh, but he he got out of the way and let God yeah. work out his, his plan uh, for humanity. I think also, Craig, of the... Uh, the shepherds. Uh, I I have a, a special fondness for the shepherds. As a kid growing up, I was scared of the dark. <laughs> uh, uh, I I have no idea. I've uh, had conversation with my parents, and and they would ask me mm-hmm. why I was afraid of the dark. You know, and uh, I just have no idea why I was, but. The fact of the matter was, I was terrified. <laughs> we had a, a bedroom in the upstairs of our house that my uh, my brothers shared uh, and uh, with me, and uh, we had a walk-off attic or a walk-in attic off of our bedroom, and uh, I just knew. <laughs> that lurking, That's where the monsters were. <laughs> lurking in that attic <laughs> was uh, some critter, creature, mm-hmm. shadow, 
you know, that that was just waiting for a, a vulnerable <laughs> uh, human being to come mm-hmm. into that room. And and uh, so I, I was terrified in the dark. And, and many times I, I was frightened. Of course, my brothers, knowing that, took full advantage of, oh, no. <laughs> of uh, terrorizing me. Uh, oh, but uh, when I think of the shepherds out on the hillside, a quiet night in the Judean plain, tending the sheep, and all of a sudden the sky is ablaze, and there's a, a, a an angelic being uh, there making a pronouncement to them, you know, and then suddenly there's a heavenly <clears throat> choir joining in. Uh, it had to be terrifying. In fact, the King James Version says they were sore afraid. Uh, modern translation, they were terrified <laughs> uh, at, at the encounter that they had. But they got beyond their fear because the announcement was a, a great announcement. I bring you news of great joy, mm-hmm. good news, that unto you a Savior has been born. And they were bound by their responsibilities to care for the sheep. Uh, one, one historian commentator feels that the sheep that they were tending were, in fact, uh, the sheep that were used for temple worship and sacrifice. And, and so uh, they had great responsibility to care for the flocks that were was, under their charge. Was that a, uh, a different—were they handled differently? I don't know that they In were history? handled differently, but uh, we remember that the sheep that were offered in the temple mm-hmm. had to be without blemish. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had to be healthy, and so uh, they had the responsibility of— taking extra care to be sure that they weren't attacked by predators, yeah. uh, that uh, they were safeguarded at all times. But having heard this great announcement, what did they do? They abandoned their charge. <laughs> they said, hey, let's, <laughs> let's go, go check, check it out. out. <laughs> this, this sounds like an awesome thing. And so they went into to Bethlehem uh, to see what actually had transpired mm-hmm. and they saw that they worshiped the baby as they came in and i think of of the shepherds as the first worshipers <laughs> you know what yeah. an awesome privilege uh, to see christ incarnate the baby jesus god in mm-hmm. human form and, and in the most vulnerable of human forms uh there with his mother and in a, a stable, yeah, uh, and they worshipped him, uh, and what a, a rightful response to to God when God shows up on the scene, whether He shows up in the the form of the innocent little baby, so mm-hmm. vulnerable and helpless, or whether He shows up as a conquering King, yeah, uh, as He will in the Second Advent, and then. Thirdly, or fourthly, I should say, I I think of the Magi. Uh, You know, tradition and history seem to to conflict. Uh, Did they come the night of uh, his birth? Uh, Did they come two years later? Uh, Is that really in question still? 
I, I believe it, it, it still is. Really? It, it, tradition, mm-hmm. you know, uh, has him coming the night of, right. of birth. Well, because that makes the manger look good that, well, on yeah, the mantle, right? Every crutch has to have the, the magi, <laughs> right. you know. But uh, uh, based on Herod's response when they came and mm-hmm. he inquired when the sign first appeared, and then ordered the execution of every male child two years of age and under, uh, there's pretty strong evidence that... That it was later on. It, it was yeah. later on. So uh, they weren't sitting in that manger still. And they, they weren't still... <laughs> they weren't in the stable. In the stable. <laughs> and in fact, they went to the house where Mary and Joseph were. And uh, so... Uh, he struggled with the same things we did, and uh, I see him as a vulnerable babe. Yeah, you know. Uh, so, but they came and, and they presented their gifts uh, of gold, silver, uh, or gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Uh, but they gave their time as well as their treasure in worship to the king, and uh, whether they traveled, you know, they they came from. The distant lands, most uh, scholars feel they came from uh, Iran mm. uh, or that region. Uh, it would have taken them a significant period of time to yeah, travel. Yeah, by camel. By camel. They and, didn't have United foot. Arab Emirates, uh, Emirate Air. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and so they came uh, overland by very primitive means to worship the Lord. And that was a significant time investment for them. But what I see in them beyond the the time investment and the treasure that they presented, they were spiritually hungry. Mm. They were looking. They saw that star, and that star signified to them a very significant event. And they said, we have to go, and we have to be a participant in this this great story, uh, this great event, and uh, too often I think we lose the wonder of the season uh, in in the busyness and in the commercialism and, and what have you. Uh, we can be a, a Mary, we can be a Joseph, we can be a shepherd, uh, we can be one of the Magi, and uh, give ourselves. Uh, Yes, Lord, here's my body and living sacrifice, holy and acceptable mm-hmm. to you, which is my reasonable act of worship uh, to you. We can be a Joseph. Say, Lord, I'll give it all up to partner yeah. with you and your plan. What, what's the significance of adding them, of, of <clears throat> them being such an important part of the story of Jesus' birth? Because they weren't um, Jews. They were of a, a, a different, more of a pagan mindset, I believe. Um, was that a, a way for God to say, everyone understands this is the... I, I think that we can look at it in several different ways. Uh, certainly, uh, the gospel, uh, according to Luke in, in the book of Acts, uh Jesus said that uh, the disciples would declare the gospel to Jerusalem, to, to Judea, to Samaria, and then to the ends of mm. the earth. And, and so the gospel is for all people, and certainly that's symbolized in their participation. 
that uh, they came to see the king of the Jews yeah. who was born, even though the Jews didn't recognize that uh, at, at that time. Uh, but I think also there's a prophetic significance in the gifts that they gave. Uh, and uh, there have been many s- stories told and books written uh, about the significance of that. Uh, the uh, gold representing his uh, royalty, the incense representing his priesthood, and the uh, myrrh representing his sacrifice, mm. you know, his death. And and so there, there are several indicators there to us of uh, God's redemptive plan for all humanity. Yeah. Uh, Paul, of course, expanded on that when he talked in Romans chapter 5 about the first Adam, and, and by one man's disobedience, sin and death came into the human experience. Mm-hmm. But the second Adam, Jesus, by his obedience, the salvation came to, to humanity, came to all. And uh, what a beautiful picture here is the nations were reflected uh, there, yeah. they being people of another faith, uh, people from a distant land, but nevertheless drawn in. Uh, it's it's better illustrated, of course, as we can jump ahead a few years uh, <laughs> to the day of Pentecost when you had people from many representative nations present in Jerusalem, mm. and uh, the church was born not only uh, of the Jews, but also of uh, others who uh, were Gentiles and not considered uh, to be part of God's original redemptive plan by the Jews. Having looked at those four, though, uh, I want us to focus on the main character of the season. And the main character of the season, of course, being being Jesus. Uh, I love how John, in his gospel, uh, said that a light has shined in the darkness. Mm. Uh, we know that it was a dark period in, in the history of, of Israel. Uh, they hadn't heard from the Lord for over 400 years. Malachi uh, was the last prophet uh, and there had been a a 400 year period of of silence where the Lord had not spoken prophetically uh, to the children of Israel. Now I was, That's I, was crazy. I was trying to process that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, our nation is is what uh, 300 or, or 240 200. plus yeah. years old. Uh, let's let's go another 160 years without hearing God's mm. voice. Uh, that's terrifying to me, mm-hmm. you know, especially uh, given the fact that I believe God speaks to us daily, yeah. you know, through the word and, and through the witness of the spirit, through the godly counsel of uh, people around us. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. But to have this period of darkness and mm-hmm. silence had to be terrifying but God heard the cry of his people, and the scripture says that just the right time, mm. he sent his son. 
And and so when I think of this season, I think of light shining in darkness. It's the light of righteousness that just absolutely shattered the darkness of this sinful world. It it was it was announced by this glorious scene in the, the Judean wilderness as the angel of the Lord appeared. The glory of the Lord was all around him. That's the light of mm-hmm. the Lord, the angelic choir. The Magi seeing the light and following the star. I, I'm just a, a little side note here. Uh, we've heard a lot about uh, the Christmas star shining this year, the first time in in some 400 years, interestingly huh. enough, uh, that uh, uh Jupiter and, and Venus are are coming together, mm-hmm. and uh, the 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 star is shining so bright. I don't know if any of the po- folks had watched that. It's supposed to be most visible. Uh, it was supposed to have been most visible on the twenty first, mm. uh, but light shining in darkness is an attractive thing, and God burst on the scene of our dark experience, the human experience, with light. It was the light uh, of Christ that shined on the world. But I I see some other things here when I consider the gift of God in this season. God burst on the scene with hope in a, a time of despair. Sounds sort of like this year to me, <laughs> right? Uh, and how how important it is. Uh, the hope of abundant life uh, burst on the scene when when Jesus came on the scene. The hope of eternal life uh, in the presence of the Lord mm-hmm. burst on the scene when Jesus came on the scene, and it's the hope that that we have today. Uh, one of the things that I have, I, I couldn't tell you how many times over the the years, I have quoted First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, where the Apostle Paul said to the church at Thessalonica, uh, concerning those who had died, he says, I don't want you to grieve as those who have no hope. Mm. And the hope of Christ is is so profound. Uh, one of the things that I experienced when I was doing my internship, I had I had listed as one of my uh, objectives in the internship was to work in death situations because I realized that uh, being a pastor over the years, I would I would be present uh, many times uh, when someone made their. Uh, their final steps in this life journey, breathed their last breath, and and was ushered into eternity. And interestingly enough, as I was doing my internship, uh, my first death experience happened to be uh, a family member uh, by marriage, a young man, uh, just 45 years of age, uh, came home, said to his wife, uh, I'm not feeling well, and went outside and uh, suffered uh, a massive heart attack and tragically died. Uh, 
uh, I went to the hospital to to be with the family as they had taken him to the the nearest hospital and were trying life-saving measures on him. Uh, And I'll never forget the doctor coming out and kneeling before his, uh, his wife and handing her his New Testament that he carried in his pocket and, and his wallet and saying, we are sorry, we did everything we could, uh, but uh, he has passed. And there was uh, an e- immediate wave of sorrow and grief that swept over the family as we were gathered there. And uh, his, his wife, his widow, uh, in response to one of her children crying out angrily at God, said to her, it's going to be okay. If God needed him in heaven, then he will also take care of us. And I was just overwhelmed by the tangible hope that was evidenced in the room in that moment in mm-hmm. time. Uh, it was just a week or so later uh, I had uh, been sent to the hospital to visit a gentleman who had been there, uh, was was not a, a Christ follower, was not a believer, and uh, had been hospitalized for uh, almost 10 weeks, uh, had uh, a bad infection, uh, was, was basically septic, and uh, they were trying to uh, arrest that and, and save his life. And as I was walking down the corridor of the hospital, uh, I see the family coming out of the room, and they are torn with this inexpressible grief. And he had just expired. And so uh, I, in collaboration with the hospital chaplain, took them into a side room, a family room, where we could have some privacy. And, and Craig, even though this gentleman had little prospect of surviving and the family knew that and had, had been tarrying with him for 10 weeks, when the death event came, they were so overwhelmed by sorrow and grief. I, I have never, since that time, experience such such hopelessness mm. as as they displayed and and I couldn't help but put the two situations side by side the juxtaposition mm-hmm. of of hopelessness mm-hmm. to hope and and as I sat and I tried to analyze what's the difference the difference was Christ mm. and Hope shined on the world in a time of deep despair. That's God's gift to us. But not only that, there was peace that came in a world of conflict. Now, when we think of conflict, uh, 2020 certainly certainly, uh, is right up there. You know, we we haven't had... uh, uh, armed conflict, you know, that is, is uh, uh, impacting our, our nation uh, as the, the children of Israel mm-hmm. were, or as the nation of Israel uh, was at the time of Christ's birth. They were occupied by the Romans. 
Uh, it was a very difficult time uh, socially and politically for them. Uh, but uh, the announcement of peace, Jesus is our peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isaiah, prophetically speaking of him, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Uh, and, and certainly when Christ came on the scene, peace was given in the face of conflict. That same peace resonates with us today, even in the face of whatever conflicts we are dealing with, whatever struggles there may be. There's a peace that Jesus gives that that goes beyond our understanding. Uh, I look at uh, the political landscape, and there are a lot of people who uh, are just terrified with what may be looming on the landscape. Mm-hmm. Craig, I have a, a wonderful peace. Yeah. Because God did not abandon the world in the election. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and his purposes are going to be unfolding to us, but his peace will also sustain us. Mm. Uh, and 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 again, I come back to what Paul said to the church at Philippi. You know, don't be anxious about right. anything, but in everything with supplication and prayer mm-hmm. or thanksgiving and prayer, let your prayers be known unto God and his peace, a peace that goes beyond comprehension will keep your heart and your mind. Yeah. And then, of course, when I think of God's God's gift to us, how can you not think of the joy? Joy comes in knowing that there's forgiveness of sin. Because of what God did on that Christmas night so long ago, mm-hmm. there's joy in the world. That was the message of the angels. I bring you glad tidings of great joy that a Savior has been born. You know, to know that our sins have been forgiven results in a a joyful perspective. Mm -hmm. To know that God walks with me each day of my life and gives me strength to be an overcomer in this world gives me joy to know that there's a hope beyond this present life there's a hope of eternity gives me great joy uh i i think of so many wonderful songs uh, <laughs> but uh i i think of and i was just listening to it the other day and it, it just gripped me I can't tell you how many times over the years I've sung, O Come All Ye Faithful. Mm. But there was just a phrase that just jumped off the page at me. Uh, And it was the phrase from the first stanza, O Come All Ye Faithful, Joyful and Triumphant. And that's what we are. (laughs) Because of God's gift, Mm -hmm. we have joy even in the face of uncertainty, mm-hmm. uh, in, in the face of sorrow, in the face of hardship, in the face of despair and conflict. It's because of God's gracious gift that we have this joy. 
and that we walk triumphantly. And so uh, I pray in this season, especially tonight, as families uh, around the listening area gather to worship, perhaps, with their congregation, their church, or uh, to spend time as a family, I pray that you, your family, your friends, rejoice in God's great gift. There is a Redeemer, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. That's wonderful. Well, we hope you have enjoyed this little delve into the gift of God. Um, and have a Merry Christmas. It is, it, it, it's, it's a season of, of joy and giving. And, and there is a hope. And, you know, this time in our society and in our world, there is a lot of reason for fear and despair. And because we have a hope in Christ, it changes how we can interact and respond. So thank you, Pastor Dave. It's been great. Thank you, Craig. I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. And we will see you back next week. Have a great day.